Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Our, uh, our first ad here pulled from uh, the depths of Facebook Marketplace in Kansas City, Kansas. The place in Kansas, they named it twice. Is there a rhyme that goes with that? The place so nice, they named it twice? Yeah. No, because, uh, I mean, I guess... That's what they say about New York, New York. I know, but I feel like Kansas City needs their own. The place so plain. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyways, this ad is for a Taylor Big Baby. Yeah, thanks, Jason Weiser, for sending it in. This is a Taylor Big Baby acoustic guitar. Comes with bag. Was crushed in shipping box. That's why that two-piece is missing. Doesn't affect the guitar mechanical or anything like that. It still way, mechanically functions. It makes the guitar project more and has a little more sound. Other than that, great condition and rarely played. Have you ever saw something that was like broken? Like Yeah, Steve. Like it, I, it I was, saw something that was broken. Like you ever see something that like you have a car, it's like up on it's like up on bricks, the engine is missing, a door is completely rusted, and a guy has it for sale. He's like, other than that, it's in, in great condition. In great condition. Yeah. Broken vase, smashed into a million pieces. Other than that, it's in great condition. Rarely played. Like, it is a major issue, the damage in this guitar. Have you ever thought, I have this acoustic guitar, but I wish it projected more? I should just punch a hole I in the I wish it was easier to pull picks out of it. <laughs> I wish there was a hole this would do big that. enough to fit my whole hand into. In a way, this kind of reminds me of that... Uh, semi-hollow or hollow body we did a few weeks ago that was like smashed but only on like the horn oh that, the, the one belt. that i spotted at the swap meet yeah yeah uh it makes me think of that where i'm kind of like looking at i'm like i mean if the price was right but at 150 dollars, the price on this is not right it's not right enough what do these go for like 250 300 250 300 i, I actually bought um I mean, this was years ago but i bought one for 200 did they do they still make the babies and the big babies? I believe so. Or did they so. transfer to doing just the GS? They, I think because the still GS make was the like the baby. the GS was the evolution of that. I'm not going to look it up. I don't. Okay, know. who cares? Uh, the GS is a different shape. It's it's a full body. It's a smaller body, but it's a it's a full thickness body. Right, like they went premium on the size. Yeah, like they they took a, a Taylor baby size and they went for like a premium guitar load out because people realize like hey this is a really comfortable guitar yeah. to play and i really like this i just wish it was more of a uh like built out concept i guess yeah we uh well i think i think some of the thing with the gs mini is they were seeing so many um people like who wanted to play big babies like in a live setting yeah. they kind of came out with something that that uh well they're fun guitars like they just have this they're kind of like the good time banjo uh, acoustic guitars where they have this fun snappy like accessible feel to them and you take that magic and you just make a more premium guitar out of it yeah it's it's smart it's smart but anyways yeah this thing is is too messed up to sell for 150 what do you think is the correct price for this i was come on down to the to the the stage and pick your price steve i was thinking like a hundred i'm gonna bid 101 Let's so find what, out what, what. Let's find out the price. What is your what? What price would you go with, man? I feel like at this price point, if I was shopping for a baby tailor, I'd just drop the extra hundred. Oh yeah, and get one that wasn't messed up for sure. For sure, like 
at this at this price, like it's got to be really low. That's that's because, true. Because like so, one that's in good condition is already really affordable. Yeah, I know Jason was really on. I think it was Jason or someone in the in the group was super like over and over again. Like you can't go higher than fifty bucks because that repair job is going to cost at least two hundred. Yeah, but I'm easy. like I'm like I'm not going to do a real repair job, or on just this. don't repair it. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna. You know, make that so you're it's gonna not take much a, of a chip. You're gonna take a tube of epoxy and you're just gonna fill it up <laughs> until, until there's nothing left to fill. Exactly. <laughs> just fill the entire the entire body with <laughs> epoxy. Fill it up with that blue river resin oh that's getting gosh. used in everything these I days. I was actually thinking like you could use uh, of using like the the mass the reinforced uh reinforced yeah, there's packing a, tape there's gonna be at least a 200 dollars bench fee on this even yeah. if it's easy for a local tech to fix it like that's just gonna be the starting price to fix this they're gonna think... have to find maybe he has the original piece of wood that got broken off uh, but if not they're, they're gonna have to find a matching piece of wood for a guitar that's already unusual i mean i hadn't thought about that if if they still had the original piece and it was intact if that was like one piece or like two pieces I'd accept a repair where they, I would probably they puzzled it back together. I think I would probably just try to do it myself. Mm, just uh, wood glue it. Just wood glue it. Yeah. Just like a thin layer of wood glue in a two or three spots and, and put it my, back together. My worry about this is I, I might I might pick this up for fifty and just be like ah campfire camp guitar yeah. beach guitar I'm gonna leave the hole. But my worry would be long term uh, structural reliability of this guitar like is it going to start just like pulling apart underneath its own strain if it doesn't have uh the support along that edge there i mean for the listeners at home listening on the podcast there's a piece of wood missing from the uh the the area you rest your arm on yeah that i want to guess is like at least 10 inches long and three inches wide that sounds about right yeah it's bigger than the bridge yeah. It's about the same size as the length of the pit guard. How many other ways would you like to describe the length? It's about as wide and as the width of is, this object. It's about as wide as the neck. Any other any other description? <laughs> it's deep like a river. <laughs> yeah, I feel like fifty bucks is the correct price on this. It's a huge bummer to lose that much value in a guitar that could be worth 300 200 to 300 If this was damaged in shipping, why didn't this person recoup? They might have. If they, they might have gotten a recouped dis- and and now they're trying to like get that cake on top. They're trying to move the broken thing that the seller was like, "I'll just keep it," you know. Yeah, so now they're trying to make money on top of already getting a refund. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm, you could hide this with just with like dog. a big old unless they bought it from a private seller who just completely ghosted them, you know. Yeah. Which sucks if what that a, happened. What a dick. Yeah. Bummer. Oh, man. Oh, you know the sad the sad trombone sound? Uh-huh. That gets used in various things. Mm-hmm. We know someone who knows someone who trained under the person who recorded that sound. Wait, hold on. We know someone who knows someone. Oh, wait. Okay. We know someone who well, knows someone. Well, I actually someone. met the guy. I met the, tr- I, I met the trombone player who trained underneath the guy who recorded that sound. Where did you meet the trombone player? He was playing at the San Diego Zoo, but he's he did video work with our buddy Adam. Oh, okay. But he would train. So his, Adam knows a guy who plays his, trombone. His trombone sensei is the guy who recorded the. 
Like that sound effect. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I, someone has to know that guy, right? Someone. I, in my mind, it was just Wait, like. Wait, but do you not know this guy? I don't know the guy that made the sound, but I've met the guy who trained under him. <laughs> when, I, a- when I found this out, I was rocked to my core. <laughs> I couldn't sleep that night knowing not only am I so closely connected to this person, I'm closer to this person than Kevin Bacon. Like people try that's, to get within six true. degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. That's true. I'm closer than Kevin Bacon on this guy. Uh, and not only that I'm so close. I know a guy who knows a guy who knows the guy who played the side trombone. Just knows him. Trained under him. Oh my god! In his trombone dojo. <laughs> trombone dojo is a fa- is my favorite combination of words I've said like in a long time. <laughs> I want to print that on a shirt. Trombone dojo. Oh my god! <laughs> the trombone dojo. You open the. You ring the doorbell and it goes. You open the door like this. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so anyways, like just the fact that there's a real person recorded that sound is amazing to me. Not just that I'm so closely connected to the existence of this person. And then this person still exists. Like who knows that sound could have been pulled out of like a classic jazz record from the thirties or something like that. Right. You don't know where that came from to have it come from somewhere r- relatively recent and modern. is like blows my, my mind a little bit. Um, topic should we hit this thing we're gonna jump straight to a topic are we done with ryan i want to know what's new in your life oh yeah what's new we changed up our format and now i'm all confused uh we had the same format for 273 straight episodes we mixed it up after like 120 or something like that to be what we're doing now because we used to do all the the in one big block we would do all the ads in one block and then we would do one big topic and then we split it up so that people would stop skipping around the episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. Screw them up. So anyways, I think Kyle Smith posted uh, the the original thing yeah. about yeah, that uh, sounds this right. new Electro Harmonix Switchblade Pro. And when it first came up, you're going to pull up my non-pro, my amateur. I don't know where it is. It's on the floor behind you. Um, when it first came up, I was like, yeah, right. I'm already a fan of the Switchblade. I just like I'm I need just, like don't really know what the difference. Like I are. need a professional version, and then I started to look into the details, and I was like, God damn it! Sorry, <laughs> Cole Duke. Uh, <laughs> I need to buy this thing now. Is that a thing he doesn't like? Yeah, that's the one. Like, swear he doesn't like. He doesn't like. Oh, that's right. The that's right. I've watched that episode. He's like, I, which is it's bad for like, me that I'm the the Bernigan Christian. He's like, I'll he's, say the f word all day yeah, long. I don't say those words. I do, but I. You know what? When I say those words, I'm not saying in vain. I'm really calling out to my Lord and Maker. Like I, I had issues, and I brought it to my uh, to my deity in my moment of distress. <laughs> but anyways, it's it's kind of totally different than the regular Switchblade. Yeah, yeah. Can, this Switchblade has uh, barefoot buttons on it. Yeah, that's true. This will eventually have barefoot buttons. You know it. But it's like I'm still going to keep using this right to switch. To, as a splitter to go to my two amps, but I'm going to use this 
as a splitter for pedals. Like this is a <sighs> pedal mixing and splitting dream come true. Right. I mean, I know it's just a looper. I'm people who are into loopers and be like, no big deal. I've got stuff that does that, but it's also got the blends. The, just the easy ability to have this relatively small thing on my demo table mm-hmm. and plug in two pedals. That's right. And with one button, one soft button, one button. switch back and forth. So I can easily be like with one button switch, be like, one button. here's a fuzz on the left. Here's a competing fuzz on the right. Back and forth super fast. Or I can experiment with mixing stuff in parallel with it. So I can put two pedals in there, say two Ooh. fuzzes. And now I'm mixing two fuzzes in parallel any way cool. that I want to. Or I could throw them into series really easily. Right. It just opens up a lot of creative possibilities. I got it off a of reverb for like 120 which somehow is cheaper than everyone else was selling it. It was like the cheapest listing on Reverb, and I snatched mm-hmm. it up. I think all the others were like 140 or something like that. So every now and then I actually buy stuff. I don't just beg companies or get paid to do demos anymore. I do partake in purchasing gear from time to time. And this uh, this pushed me over the edge. I've messed with it a little bit already, but I need to do some video coverage of it and uh, explore what it can do because I'm pretty stoked on it. It's just a novel like thing i can use practically it's not like a crazy like oh here's a new like weird reverb or delay or something like that i bought Mm -hmm. i bought a practical thing good job i feel happy with my purchase what's new with you steve um well i actually did this a few weeks ago and i forgot about it uh but i I, and i don't know if i ever actually mentioned on the show but american musical supply did i think i've ordered something um, from them once in my life and now i get their thick catalog oh really like twice a year um so they did a mystery box and i think their mystery box it was like a 50 dollar. so so you know every year we do i i try to do it um the premier guitar mystery stocking which is like uh, it's been yeah i think the lowest i ever did it at was like 20 dollars, and now it's like 40 dollars um more like uh, your mystery christmas disappointment i mean kind of um, and basically they just guarantee that you're going to get your money's worth. Uh, that is their guarantee. And the way that they do that is, um, loading up with Tony Emmanuel CDs. Pretty. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I wish that was a joke. Hey, this CD is worth $17. We checked on the, on Best Buy. Here's, here's oh, two really? of them. <laughs> uh, oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, I wish, I wish that was a joke, but it's not. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find a picture of, of my box. And you know they got those CDs for free. Those are pr- promotional CDs. Yeah. They're um, just clearing out their junk closet. So the um, American Musical Supply box was a little different because I think it was... A little different. A I think it was better. a 40 or... F- I think it was a $40 buy-in. Maybe it was a $50 buy-in. If you were doing it a was $50 like, buy-in, it better deliver but it was like a they guaranteed like 125 to 175 dollar value you got 17 tony emmanuel cds <laughs> in one <laughs> box um so so definitely like i went through and i added everything up um and i can definitely see how it got there like i got my money's worth uh, yeah you you got I, got I got a couple cables that i can't that I, i'm not gonna use because i'm a soid boy why like well, we're I don't soid need boys around here you're yeah. not gonna what? Uh, you, know what, you know what those cables will be really good for selling on reverb testing out uh like a shredder just feed them into a shredder see how, <laughs> how it can good handle is a shredder? like uh you know 
copper cable. Um, will, I, will it blend? Find will out if blend. cables will blend. Uh, Use them as shoelaces. I got a bunch of picks from like their Spectre-based tortoise celluloid picks. And that chews up most of the $50 right uh, there. I got a t-shirt from some microphone company I've never heard of. You've got a body. You wear shirts. Yeah. Um, I got a pair of these uh, AKG headphones. That seemed to me like that was like... The ticket item. That was probably so I looked that up. That one that one's like sixty I think those are like sixty or seventy bucks. Um they're nice like they're over ear cans. Um I haven't really tried listening to like any music too loudly in them. Uh-huh. Um but they work. I mean I mean how's that uh, bass what I what I don't Steve? like about them is um well anyway, they they work. I've got some some issues with them, but Steve whatever. has a glowing review. They work. Um, I got a strap. I don't re- really remember anything about it. It was just a generic, like, whatever. Um, but the other thing that I got that I need to figure out what I'm going to do with it is I got a Boss DS1. <laughs> um, nice. So really, like, the headphones yeah. and the DS1 right there, that's 100 bucks. And people are like, well, it's garbage. But those are two things that I'm like, well, we'll definitely put to use. You know well, what? the headphones I put to use right away. The DS1, somebody, um, actually, uh, I think it was Hoops. Did you sell it already? No, I think uh, Matt, gonna mod it Matt Hoops from 1981 Adventures was like, dude, you should synth mod that. And the synth mod is one of the DSM1 mods that I've been interested in that I haven't done. And I think it's pretty simple. Before you mod it, bring it here. There's a video I want to make with a stock DS1. I don't ha- I've only got the DS1 that you You're modded for me. destroy it? No, I'm not. Okay. I, there's something I used to do with my DS1 when it was stock. And the way you modded mine, it doesn't do that anymore. Uh, mm. Because it made the tone too smooth. Oh, okay. It sounds too good now to do oh to do the bad thing that I like to do with a DS1. So bring it by. Yeah, remind me next time. Yeah, in two weeks. We'll see if I can remember. Yeah, me too. Who knows? Um, yeah, try to bring it by and I'll make a quick little video with it. It's basically, uh, I would like do a certain setting with my guitar and my DS1 to simulate a fuzz sound. And mm. it actually sounded pretty good at the time. I thought anyways. I, yeah. I'm curious to hear how it holds up over I haven't done anything with it yet. Uh, time. I, I haven't even... I know this. I know there's a few synth mods, and they mostly consist of putting in like a three way switch in order to bypass a couple parts, and basically mm-hmm. you're doing a circuit bend um, that uh, ends up sounding kind of synthy, I guess. Um, so yeah, you know, it was super worth it. I I really like. I know some people are like, oh, it's too risky and whatever, and I'm like. I mean, I guess, but oh, for the for the fifty dollar buy, like all of these, yeah, like mystery whatevers. But well, if like, you're just throwing hundred dollar bills around like Super Rich Steve going down to Subway, they're not even hundred freaking dollars, man. They're just like <laughs> buy two of them. They're just like whatever. Actually, I did try to buy a second one. I mean, that is basically no. I mean, we're referencing last episode hard with this. That is literally you throwing a fifty dollar bill at them and winking and going like, "Surprise me." Well, that's what, no, they're saying if you throw a $50 bill at us, we'll surprise you. Yeah. Sometimes I think about that. Like, I think we should just get a pile of like whatever, of like what pedals that you want to sell, just pile them up and be like, send us a dollar, like some dollar amount. Or like, we should just do a, like, I wanted to figure out. It sounds like an inner circle perk. I wanted to figure out how to do like a $5 buy-in raffle and see if we could like end up selling a pedal for like a thousand dollars. Suckers. I always feel bad with raffles unless, I know, we're, unless I know. we're raising money for a worthy cause. I don't just people don't do raffles. Well, except for the government, the state governments, people don't oh do gosh. don't do raffles just to raise money for themselves. Yeah. Um, and if you if we started doing that kind of raffle, then we would get busted for running a gambling. Ring. I do have a raffle idea 
we've talked about before, but I, I still want to get a good prize in our pockets um, that we need to distribute somehow. Yeah. I need to, I need to put my signature on it. Yeah. Anyway. Cool stuff coming up. Yeah. In the future, so I was pretty, someday. pretty cool. Uh, excited. Somebody emailed about it the other day and I was I like, I was like, no, there aren't any more. And now you're giving it away. <laughs> you were giving it I don't it have away. it. They're all now. gone. They've been gone. There's none. There's no more. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just forget we said anything. Hey, How's you know my what voice time today? Is, Do I have like a like a sexy vocal fry up. going on right Gosh, now? I feel no like I've got that sexy you know what? Um, sound. We're not covering it this week, but I want to cover it. Hand me that strap. This is my other what's new thing. This is Ryan's uh, version of the Diderio Autolock strap. I have one as well. I got to use it. Uh, this this is you week. doing this without it being um, part of our sponsors. Yeah, no, I, this is my what's new. I like used it live, like on. This is actually in the jumping around video, and you're shaking your booty video. And and part of that was uh, I felt very secure with the strap that was on there before. Like I would have been worried about like yeah. that falling off. So you know what? I could tell you were another moving props to that. Like you had no fear. Yeah. that your base would go flying. All right, but our actual sponsor spot for Diderio this week is the Diderio Universal Strap Lock, which is their uh, version of the classic two piece strap lock set the difference between this one first of all from so many others is that you only need like one tool to install this screwdriver screw driver all my friends know the screwdriver i just every time i open the box i'm just so impressed by the presentation it really does feel like you're opening up like a box of cufflinks or something like that like it feels special um these are really great they're very secure comes with everything you need uh, to install on your guitar. It's a simple installation. You just need a, a what, Phillips head screwdriver. Yep, that's it. And uh, so you have uh, your your uh, pegs that are going to go on your guitar. The other part that attaches to your strap you is just a thumb screw. Thumb screw that guy right in there, and you are good to go. These were designed in a partnership with Ned Steinberger from Steinberger Guitars. Very cool guy. And um, these are... Cool guy. Uh, cool guy. Yeah, cool guy. Great. Great, great, great builder. Cool guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, they're pretty fairly affordable. I like I how know. sleek and like small they are. Yeah, they're they're really slim, especially compared to like what everyone else has come out with for like a for like a strap locking system like this. These are definitely the slimmest I've seen that were built to like this kind of exacting quality. Yeah, and just really. Easy, simple, well thought out design. I mean, it's it's not a surprise that they brought in someone who really knows his stuff to design these because they don't feel like, oh, let's just have a locking strap yeah. button. Like, and the design is an afterthought. We'll just do whatever other people have done and just change the design mm-hmm. a little bit. It feels unique. Yeah, so it feels uh, special. So thanks to Dario. Check out the link in the show notes uh, to go learn more about this product. It's freaking fantastic. So exciting. All right, uh, this first topic... Freaking fantastic. It's so exciting. This, just, I'm so excited right now. This first topic tell was just, sent in... I'm just out of my mind. Uh, excited by, right now. Shut <laughs> up, man. Jeez. Um, this, first, this first topic was sent by Matt Tobin. He says, is going direct in a live situation, uh, even with tube amps, getting much easier and cheaper these days? Is it really worth doing? What are the major pros and cons? So, I mean, I can only speak to this from a, a fairly limited environment, but but from... Have you gone direct at all? Yeah. Yeah, I have the... Uh, well, 
excuse me, I go direct with the bass all the time. Okay. Um, well, bass is different. Yeah. Have you gone direct and, with guitar? Uh, I have the Palmer. I mean, I have, have the, you plugged right in with the guitar? Good grief, dude. Um, <laughs> I have a Palmer Pocket Amp. Oh, that's right. So yeah. I've run that direct. It doesn't have a cab sim. It's just the the like a amp sim, but it, it works pretty good. Now that I got the the Helix, I should uh, let you borrow the Nux. You could rock that Nux. Yeah, I was thinking about getting the Helix for a long time, but then I bought other gear stuff instead. So <laughs> that's not a knock on the Helix. I you just, bought a seven hundred dollar Caroline pedal. That's true. That's exactly <laughs> actually what I did. <laughs> Because I was talking to you before I right before I bought that pedal, I was talking to you about buying an HX Stomp. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think there's a lot of options out there. Um, the only thing that I don't know is how well equipped your typical venue is to handle that. Yeah, I was thinking about this question in terms of like, yeah, it's easy for me to walk into church three Sundays out of the month and know exactly what their sound system is. Know that the sound guys are ready to deal with yeah. my, you know, you know, pile of nonsense that I do with my pedal board and stuff like that. Like I wouldn't want to walk into a random dive bar with a IR box situation and just be like, Hey, can I plug into the PA? I, I feel like the IR box situation itself is probably simple enough. And your sound guy, a lot of sound guys are probably going to be okay with it because at the end of the day, it's probably not that different from mixing just a vocal signal because you're just taking an XLR and you're plugging it in there. I mean, and if anything, it might be easier because they don't have to deal with bleed. But then what you're really relying on is the quality of the PA system. Yeah. I'm thinking about the class of venues I play in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like these dive bars. Well, that's and what stuff I'm saying. Like like, definitely like not going to happen. Uh, Tower Bar 15 years ago, when which would be like the last time I would have been like trying to play there. Okay. So every, nothing new is over there. So everything you saw there is <laughs> still, still there, there 15 okay. years older. <laughs> so they're still running a 1993 Mackie board into a set of. Like Squire speakers. Yeah, I think half the knobs were busted off of the uh, the the carbon mixer. Now, like four fifths of the knobs are busted off the carbon <laughs> mixer. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, in those kinds of situations, I don't I don't know if you if I don't know that if it's reasonable to try to rely on a direct option. Like if I was going into Soda Bar, which is a, a local venue that has a decent sound system, always has a decent sound guy running it yeah. and is a venue for 150 to 200 people max. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd, I'd be fine running a, an IR box in there. Cause I know yeah. the system could handle it. I know they've got good PA monitors and stuff like that. Um, I'd still feel like I'd, be in a better situation running my own loud box right alongside of it. Like I could be like, Hey, let's plug in, uh, into structure of the board, but I'm going to run an amp of some kind on the stage with me as a safety. You, yeah. They just, instead of them miking that, they're just going to run it would, your, it would probably deliver a better sound. It'd almost be like a stereo rig, but not exactly. Yeah, but like kind of. semi-conceptually. Yeah. So do you think that's worth doing? Like, would you ever think like, oh, I'm playing this venue. Like I should. I think the real. Doing Dino Ghost with this venue. I should throw my Nux on the board just to have it like run dual signal. I could do that. I could do something like that. I think the real topic here mm -hmm. isn't running direct. It's the real topic here is where 
is the heavy lifting of our tone coming from now. And yeah, we're using a lot of pedals now, but it feels like the focus is just shifting away from amps being the center of our tone to these, you know, simulation boxes being the center of our tone and the amps shifting into just being clean machines if we use them at all. Because it's definitely it's become very affordable to have that's these what I mean. like, IRS it, simulations think- and to have uh, these boxes on our boards that simulate the various amp sounds that we need. Do you think that's the result of the playing situations that we find ourselves in, or do you think that's like a common, like a more common? I'm like saying that this technology more. in general is becoming more and more common, especially in the playing situations that we're in. Um, but I think we're going to see it bleeding into the rest of the playing world relatively soon. I think it's kind of like it's like a body snatchers kind of silent takeover sort of situation. Mm. Where like one day we're going to wake up and be like, OK, only a few people have amps anymore. Let me ask this question. Let's make this extra. I think there's like, always going to be a need for amplifiers. Let's make this. I think it's going to become fun weird. much more specialty to have an amplifier in the future. Um, what's the, what's that? Okay. Um, if you are running, if you are operating a venue, say you, you are the proprietor of soda bar. Sure. You are the proprietor of soda bar who also is like a semi, uh, a somewhat experienced sound person, you know, enough to, I might just be talking out of a place of being Twitter pated with IRs at the moment. I know. I know. I'm, I'm really wondering what's wrong with you. Um, (laughs) I'm sick in the head. Uh, but, um, would you think that it is for a venue? Do you think it would be a reasonable investment to go buy something like the Boss Waza tube expander? Ooh. <sighs> and every band that comes in, you're just like, oh, yeah, you got the amp? Cool. Uh, we're plugging into this guy. We're, nah, ju- we're taking think, you direct. Buddy. I think that's a step too far. I think a venue needs to always be ready to host the equipment that the band has. They need to be ready to host a amp with correct mics, and, and they need to be ready to host a plug-in situation. Personally, I prefer the incorrect mics. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Mics that are, uh, you know, uh, appropriate for a venue. Yeah. You yeah. know, even if it's that f- flat little like Sennheiser, that's a Sennheiser, right? Those flat mm, mics. Yep. The 60, the yeah. six. I thought about buying one of oh, those nine and the, the other day just to have it. Um, me even throwing 57s and 58s on a guitar cab is good enough for me, in my opinion, at a venue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I've I've seen some venues pull out some. Kind of wild mics for yeah. I've seen them where they basically like the microphones look like the you know a smaller version of like the Bob Barker microphone. <laughs> You're like, uh, it's like, what are we going for here? I've I heard the last band play, and it's not like we're uh, you know doing a recording situation here. It's got to be you know like a PA guy who's a hobby recording guy. And he's like, I'm gonna bring my mics. All right, I don't have anything else on this. Topic. We killed it. Boom! Oh man, another another pew, pew. successful topic squashed. I think this is the second week in a row we've hit like an IR topic. <laughs> it which is makes actually. me feel like an IR fanboy now. But it is something I'm messing well, around with. You literally, yeah you you've been using that stuff a lot more. And actually, you just did the demo uh, a couple oh, yeah. weeks ago for uh, the, the audience Sono. The Sono. Is it Sono? Is that how it's pronounced? That's how I say it. Okay, cool. It might be Sono. 
I probably should have checked. Yeah. I <laughs> but I, I, I found that, uh, that Vibrolux 30. Yeah. IR in there from two notes. Yeah. And damn, it sounded pretty good. Yeah. And that thing's kind of, and that thing's designed even designed even no, it, I mean, it's designed that, you know, you put it together to do your in room recording. And then like, if you have a, if you just have like a straight loud box situation where you just have a real clean amp, yeah, like you throw that thing on your. I mean, I guess it would you take up some real estate. It. No, you can reamp it. But yeah, or you. Can, I'm just saying, like you could whatever you run direct is loaded onto the box. So oh, sure, you could use that thing live. I'm pretty right. Oh yeah, absolutely, you could use it live. Yeah. I mean, they they pitch it as like however you want to use it. They pitch it as like use it in the trailer going from gig to gig yeah when you're a, yeah. when you're a touring musician in a bus uh to record to practice whatever you yeah, want use it a, as use it as a headphone amp it's like, a neat little like multi-tool interface yeah. you know ir box I, everything job and it's only yeah. 450 dollars from sweetwater you're really pitching this thing steve Are, did they give you money that i don't know about i mean i'm not gonna say they didn't <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my frustration with it is that like I just don't record that way and it's like this thing sounds really great and it's, it seems really neat but it's like I don't know yeah like how often I'm going to find a use for it and I wish I could find a use it's, for it more often yeah that was one of the actually so this was a I mean part- I could I could run it instead of running two amps in here I could run it in line and only use one yeah. amp for reference and and it's even use with it that, to simulate an even amp. with that it's kind of like on Legitimately, it's overkill for your your personal application, but it's such an applicable tool, I think, to so many people. Which was yeah. why, like, when we originally got pitched this, um, Steve hunted as a product. Steve took the reins with this um, one. He did the work. I pushed pretty hard on on getting you it because went, it's you a real. Sh- you schmoozed at Nam. It's a really you? cool. Yeah, yeah, I schmoozed you at Nam. It's a really cool product. I think it's like a, a really cool thing to have. Yeah. I totally understand that it's not necessarily like in your workflow. Well, but it, I think it could be put into the workflow of a lot of people. And been, now it really sounds like I'm trying to sell. I've been thinking about trying to move to a more like silent demo recording rig. Right. Because a lot of the demos I do aren't reliant on running real amps. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm doing like a delay or like a reverb or something like that, like who cares? Yeah. Like I think with like fuzzes and drives, it's good to have the peace of mind. Like for sure. Oh, he's using a real amp here. Yeah. But if I'm sitting down doing like a weird noise making box, like maybe I should run that in line and monitor it with headphones. But then it's kind of weird to see someone doing a demo with headphones on. So at Nam, they were running that running a tube screamer into one of those things and it sounds it takes drive pedals really well oh yeah no it sounds i don't, I don't know if you got that far no no here's here's the thing i haven't seen the video here's yet. here's the thing a lot of this technology and a lot of this stuff i would have demoed with the boss katana 50 yeah but the problem is the audience it's you, right it's you yeah. guys if you know that i'm doing something that's not a tube amp there's a lot of you out there that will throw a fit over it and be like, well, we can't trust this. He's not using a tube amp. I mean, you can't trust it anyway because we never recorded these. Everything is just recorded. I uh, shot. Uh, it's a Boss DS1 direct into uh, the second channel on a an old carbon no, microphone fa- mixer. Tell them the truth, Steve. I farm all this stuff out to India. <laughs> They've got a guy over there who looks just like me. It's It costs me like 30% of what I get paid. So it's just a good, great yeah, time saver. Yeah. 
I make a bunch of money. You know, everyone's better off for it. So. All right, this next ad was sent in by uh, it's probably a real thing that people Justin do. Justin Hendrick. Oh, you know it what? Says, Glenn Fricker farmed out his audience Sono demo to another player. What? And then did it for. I can't say what his actual business arrangement with was right. with this guy. But he's like, here's this guy from another channel playing with this thing, and I think he was like. I don't want to play with this right now. I'm going to send it to this guy who's like what? my protege or something and I'll feature him and it'll get him traffic on his oh channel. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was, wa- I was watching other people's demos before I did my demo and I saw that. That I can't it, be a real thing. I thought it was funny. Is that what he said? He like, didn't say he his said? business arrangement, but he was like, here's this guy playing it. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's clearly like some sort of arrangement to get like plays to the other guy's channel. It's probably a very kind thing that Glenn is doing for this right, guy. Right. But I thought it was funny. All right. <laughs> this was sent by uh, Justin Hendrick. This is the Monarch all in one guitar. The Monarch. Grab it and rock. Watch the videos below. Only two ever built. This is a prototype that was invented and built by artist, creator, and inventor Jim Wizard. Wachowsiak. Yeah, me. <laughs> Come on, Jim Wachowsiak. <laughs> the wizard. The wiz. You know, um, you can't call what you can't call yourself your own nickname. That's not how it works. Dick, let, Dick Dale did it. What's his nickname? King of the surf guitar. He yeah. said that. No one else said that All about right. him. All he right. said it about himself. I mean, it's probably true, but it's still like this guy might be the wizard. I don't know, but no, uh, that it's fishy. Fred, Fred Savage's brother is the it's wizard. It's fishy when you give yourself your own nickname. All right, Michael Jackson is the wiz, or is that Michael Jackson? No, he was the no, he was the scarecrow. Was scarecrow. He was the scarecrow. Uh, he for, was in the wiz. So anyway, for the guitarist who wants more. This guitar is way ahead of its time. The world is not ready just yet for this masterpiece of innovation. All of these ones that I'm like overpronouncing are just in all caps. Uh, Currently, I've taken this concept and added and changed a lot from this model. Uh, So this version would never get mass produced. However, it's still the sickest. (laughs) This this version would never get mass produced. Ryan, this is the sickest thing you've ever played, giving ultimate satisfaction to any guitarist (sighs) whose creative craving is not fulfilled by what the world is still serving up. The second one of only two ever built features built in two channel amp with clean and overdrive delay and sound shaping features the beat buddy drum module built in. Built-in rechargeable speakers or plug it into your favorite speaker. Runs on six AA batteries for about 10 hours. Built-in looper. You run the drums using the buttons built onto the body or the detachable. That's what those things are? There's uh, a lot here. Or the detachable foot pedal. All drum controls are easy access. Changing. Detachable foot pedal? Is that that thing that comes out the back? Um. Oh my gosh, it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, this thing is making me feel sick. All drum controls are easy access, changing tempo, volume, drum kits, etc. Every drum signature in the world built in on SD card. Over 40 different drum kits. Use any drum kit with any rhythm. Make your own custom kits. Import your own sounds. Auxiliary input and headphone input. Serious inquiries only. Plug it into a PA system and it sounds totally badass. Great for around a campfire, composing, practicing, learning, or performing. The price is $3,999 or best offer. Please submit a respectful offer. Thank you, Jim. 
First of all, I have a question. <laughs> How dare you? What the hell? <laughs> that, so for the, the, the listeners at home, this is an acoustic guitar of some sort, like a jazz box. Like single, He calls this the bonfire buddy. Single pickup in the neck sort of situation. Like It looks like a like an old harmony or something like that. It's probably not. No, this... I my first thought when I saw this is that this is like is a, it one of those newer uh, Epiphones? No, uh, I thought it was maybe a Godin, uh, oh, maybe Fifth Avenue situation. It's a jazz box. It's a jazz box, and he 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 makes it sound like he invented something, combining a bunch of other people's products into another product isn't invention. It's just. A composite. Right. This is a composite of a bunch of stuff. He mounted... Well, first of all, he gutted a Beat Buddy. He took apart a, ge- a Beat Buddy so he could have the screen and the Nintendo controller yeah. part of it on the top you know, edge I of the guitar. Even, I don't even think that this is necessarily the... Yeah, I don't know what kind of guitar this is. And this then is... he moved the knobs to another part of the guitar to control the Beat Buddy. Then he's got a built-in looper... Which is crazy. And it looks like he mounted like Bluetooth speakers into the, this thing. It looks like Amazon like tabletop Bluetooth speakers. Yeah. That are cut into holes, like round holes on the top of the guitar. Kind of placed pretty poorly. Like your arm's going to rest over one of those. And then some sort of insane like outsider arts and crafts like glitter glue like art project around those speakers with some sort of grill cloth covering what I assume is supposed to operate as F holes. Mm -hmm. This whole thing is bananas outsider art, like nonsense. And if he's serious about $3,000, then like I, I feel sad. That's the amp, (coughs) which I thought I recognized from the knobs. Right. It's a Black Star Fly 3. Yeah. No, when I first saw the amp control, I didn't even mention the amp controls. My first gut in- impression was that it was like a gutted microcube because mm. of similar controls, but I knew that it wasn't exactly a microcube, but so that makes sense. It's a Black Star. It's a four knob uh amp with overdrive and delay push button, an input and a an headphone output and a power button all drilled into the side of the guitar with like sticker labeling on everything. And, and it, I think it that's the worst it part. It looks like the worst drill job I've done. Remember when I did that drill job on like replacing the tuners on the SL and I got tons of comments because the wood, oh, yeah, the yeah. wood chipped on the edge. Cause I, cl- I clearly did it in the like amateur unprofessional way. Yeah. Like, this guy looks like he used it toothbrush to drill what's insane what's insane is this like however the hell he did the foot switch is actually seems really clean compared to the nightmare that is everything else it's like a super glue nightmare like look go back to that headstock oh no the headstock hurts my feelings but you can't tell what guitar this was originally because he did this super deep? Well, it's like, because it's the monarch, right? Dean V shape into the headstock. That's an M. It's an M on the outside. I don't know. Okay, outside the guitar, there's an M. I see your point. 
<laughs> no, going back to the drill work, like... And then this outsider art, like, claymation-style badge on the headstock that says Monarch on it. There's just... Now, I realize, you know, maybe you get a little bit of a pass because you're... There's no pass here. No, listen. Where's the pass, Steve? You get a little bit of a... You get. I'll say you get a little bit of a pass here because you're claiming that this is a prototype. Only on design. Only from a design. Yeah, this isn't going to go into mass production. Like, yeah, because <laughs> not this version. But like, I could. So, like, for example, oh, I think I think every component of this guitar is stupid. Um, the original guitar before anything was done was probably fine. Yeah, where is that now? Is stupid. Like the thing that baffles me is that he started this project. He loaded one device into a guitar and said, you know what? I'm going to keep going. That turned out so good. I'm going to throw two more devices into here. I mean, I don't blame him. Um, (laughs) Steve is a big fan. uh, All of the labels are like stickers. So these are the things I'm saying, like the, the part where the amp is. Or even the part where the beat buddy is. First of all, why would you say built-in beat buddy? In like this is what I'm saying. Like this looks like a prototype. The labeling looks like prototype labeling, and I'm okay with that. Calling it a prototype, except for the fact that you took what? What's a beat buddy? Like a two hundred dollar pedal? You took like a two hundred dollar. No, pedal. they're more than that. I think they're like three fifty. Took a three hundred and fifty dollar pedal. You took a two hundred dollar amp, so that's five hundred fifty dollars. You dropped it into a guitar that's probably like a five hundred dollar guitar. Did he mention the the lineage of the looper that's built in? Oh no, he didn't. I forgot. There's let's a let's pretend it's one of the bigger dittos. It's like a like a hundred seventy five dollar ditto or something. Sure, like I don't think that's what it actually is. But let's just pretend. I don't see any of the controls for the. Looper, it's a foot so it's pedal, man. It's- I thought the foot. It's a. I thought the foot pedal was for the drums. No, that's a loop control. No, it says you run the drums using the buttons built in the body or the detachable foot. Pedal. Oh, so it is the drums. Weird. I don't know. There's man. no what where do you see this thing? Did about I imagine looper? The I think looper? you're imagining the looper. I'm imagining the looper. Oh, it does say built in looper. There, there it is. Go. Built in looper. I imagined the looper right after Steve read the looper part. There you go. Um, I think that's the three buttons underneath like just oh, underneath main, the strings. Left, right, and loop. What? This is so bananas. Anyway. Listeners at home, go look at the picture. Yeah, just, seriously. Uh four thousand dollars. How much would you be willing to pay for this? Not four thousand dollars. I mean, three thousand two hundred twenty-five at most. I wouldn't buy this. I would not buy this. Okay. I would inherit this from my crazy uncle who built this and then died tragically building a third one. He electrocuted himself to death somehow by gutting a beat buddy. He he electrocuted himself Sir. to death. And if I inherited it, I would keep it as a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. I have no hope. Is that heirloom from your dead uncle? Yeah, I have no hope for this being a useful tool in my quiver. Um, so, I know I might. Okay, I, I might try to to busk with this once or twice. Okay, you ready? Yeah. So what? What? Well, what's your real dollar amount that it's worth that you would pay? I'm saying that, I wouldn't. That okay? That if you were a if you were trying to, if I had to appraise but, this, okay, yeah. What's your appraisal? I would say, what's your appraisal? What would you pay if you said, you know what, like this might actually really work for busking, and I really want to get into it. I'm going to start busking all the time again, like twice a month. I think this this is the guitar to do it with. I think it's worth far less than the collection of its parts. 
I think you've devalued. So everything you think that like this is only this. worth like maybe five hundred dollars? Maybe. All right. Let me throw well, this. Again, at you. that's still a tough pitch. That's still a tough pitch because this is a disaster. Let me throw this at you. Okay, throw it at me, Steve. Let's see if it sticks. Super rich Steve. Oh. Well, yeah, super rich Steve is gonna do it. You're gonna pay you're gonna pay ten grand for it. You're damn right I am. I'm not paying four thousand dollars for this. I'm paying more. I say, sir, thank you for your time and innovation. You're gonna establish prestige. So the I'm next one that goes to tell auction. him how great of a product this is and how it's just brilliant and he's such a an incredible artist, you're gonna creator, fund, you're going to fund invade, the production inventor that I want to give him more money so he can continue his research. And I'm going to take the guitar and smash it in his driveway. <laughs> right after you write him a check for a hundred grand so he can. Not a hundred. I'm super rich. I'm not stupid. Stupid rich Steve. Yeah, stupid rich Steve does pay a hundred thousand dollars, but that's only because he doesn't buy anything for less than a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> that's all you got. You can't. Yeah, the other day, do you have stu- change? The other sir? day, stupid rich Steve was driving through the McDonald's line, and they said that'll be five dollars and twenty eight cents, and he goes, "All I've got is a hundred thousand dollars." <laughs> I'll load them up. I'll take all the Big Macs. <laughs> all right. This episode is sponsored by Chase Bliss Audio. We got two pedals from them right here. What two pedals do we have today, right? I've got two faves of mine the Therme, which is a delay that does crazy and wild stuff. At its core, it's a great sounding analog delay. But then you flick a few switches, you twist a few knobs, and every single one of those repeats jumps in pitch exactly how you want it to jump in pitch. Mm. Uh, you can program this thing to do all kinds of wild and crazy stuff from full octave up or down or double down or double up jumps to you know progressively you know like jump through the chromatic scale one note at a time sorts of stuff to in between semitone notes. All the weirdness you expect from Chase Bliss pedals. Cool. All kinds of crazy options. And like I said, you dial that out and it, at its core, it is a great sounding full featured analog delay uh, that I use just for that core sound. And then I flick on those weird things when I want to end a set in a really fun way. Oh. And then I've got the Condor right here. There we go. The Condor is the EQ pedal that is not an EQ pedal because it does so much more. Like it covers so much ground that this pedal is just like hard to comprehend. Like you want a filter sound, you want like phasey vibey sounds, you mm. want, uh, you know, boost, you want to drive. Like it does everything. There's, I can't think of something that this doesn't does doesn't do on its front. It says analog EQ pre and filter. That description barely scratches the surface with the Condor. Yeah. This is uh, Chase Bliss Audio. It's a digital brain analog heart. They make Check pedals out more creative than you are. At ChaseBlissAudio.com. Also sponsor this week is Squatch Design Company. They make pedal boards. They make pedal boards that are they're already built, which is, sounds like yeah. a weird thing to say. But uh, you, normally when you see something like this, uh, you're like thinking like it's going to be kind of like yeah. a custom shop job. But what they do is they build all of the boards ahead of time. And they only sell what's been made. And they're affordable, too, and they're, right? They're affordable. And the reason that they're affordable is because 
uh, they limit their wood selection to what they have. Yeah, which sound like it sounds obvious, but it also means like that it, it means that cutting down and it's using uh like a smarter resourcing. It means they're not going like oh someone ordered a uh, twelve by twenty four pedal board that's going to have cocoa bolobo and zebra wood and mango wood on the sides. They're like. Oh, we've got – and then they have to take those boards and cut out the pieces that they need out of those boards, yeah. and there's a bunch of scrap left over. These are kind of made out of the scrap from other stuff, <laughs> but it's like good scrap. It's like good quality yeah, wood. Yeah, it's still good quality wood. wood. It's just – it's a selected length pieces. But it's like let's see how many boards we can squeeze out of you know this wood that we have here. They put together – a set of boards out of the plans that they have, and then they sell them direct to you. There's no board to be made. The board you see listed on the website is the board that's going to, the exact board, not the model, the exact board that's going to get shipped to you. Yeah. ASAP is going to be on your doorstep, lickety split. Uh, None go- of this waiting for months, turning into years, into generations for a wood pedal board. Yeah, it can just show up. Go check them out at Squash Design. If you buy one of their pedal boards right now, you get a 30% off coupon for one of their straps. Cool. Oh, there we go. Let's keep this moving. Uh, moving, moving Michael moving. Newman wants to know the do's and don'ts of listing your gear. Should you use props or are props a no? Well, he he posted a photo to go along with it. I don't know if you've got that pulled up. Uh, I do not, but I remember it. It is a um, human... <laughs> Uh, it is a human cadaver, I guess. It's, it's the not kind of a thing cadaver. That, it's, an, it's a human anatomical dummy, right? Here uh, it is. Anatomical model. With, yeah, I know what it looks like. I with, used to, I, yeah, I okay. Steve's is a scientist. Gosh. I get it. Steve went to science school and took apart bodies and stuff like Actually, that. I did put them back together and electrocuted. I them. learned about those in a job. Uh, so I've never electrocuted a live or dead person. So in these ads. Uh, it features this anatomical model where you can remove the organs. It's kind it, of a weekend at Bernie's meets them or they, they was it. Uh, they live. They live. It's got a, they live mask on it with sunglasses. That's, no, that's just mask. what the face looks like for those models. That's what I'm. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. That's not the mask. That's a mask for they live. Dude. No, it's not. You're telling me that that's the face for that model. I don't yeah, believe with you. With sunglasses on it. No, dude, that's a, they yeah, live face. Man. I'm telling you. All right. You pull it up and show me. If it looks exactly like that, I will be shocked. It's got hair underneath the hat. Oh, maybe that is a They Live mask. I didn't look at it that close. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah. It's because it's on the shoulders. Fine, Ryan. It's a They That's what I, I get for not looking at I it. I know a They Live alien monster mask when I see it. And it's got a freaking like Trilby hat or whatever those are called on. I just thought they had a fedora. So basically what he's asking is like, is this okay? Is this prop play with guitars okay? I mean, I think it's I think it's fun. I think whenever there's a prop or like an interesting thing included in an ad photo, yeah. I'm into it. I'm like I like the extra like attention getting that you're trying mm-hmm. to do because I'm definitely going to stop and look at this ad. Uh the guitar isn't the main focus, which maybe is self-defeating in some sort of way. But yeah, it definitely grabs your attention. My issue with these ads yes. is that all the guitars are laying on the floor. Yeah, that's the weird part. In a right? way where like they are at risk of falling over and becoming damaged before the even sells them. They're just sitting on a hardwood floor, and, and uh, Michael pulled up a picture from uh, inside the uh, inside one of the ads where the guys just got the guitar laying face down yeah, that's no on good. the hardwood. 
There it uh, is. That's not a great look. So I would say the no prop bueno. the prop itself is kind of like a. Eh, I mean, it's interesting, and if you do it all the time, it kind of reminds me of a pedal porch. Right, like right. The whole idea, like of putting the uh, cold Duke from the Man, gear song, he puts these pedals on, he like did more with that on, uh, like little miniature furniture. Yeah. Um. That just. I know that he intended to do that as a video series. I think he needs to transform that into just an Instagram series, like mm. no recording, just photos. Yeah, pedal pairing pairings cool. on the pedal porch. Because it's so just adorable. I think he's abandoned. I think that's a public domain now, and we should take it. Oh, we can definitely take that. Just like uh, Wheel of Pedals is public domain now, and you definitely don't need to pay us a royalty if you use it. You actually God, do. We will sue you. If you're, we you, will sue you. If you, you. want to steal Wheel of Pedals from us, good luck with that nightmare. <laughs> I will, you know what? If, you want to, if anyone out there wants to run the Wheel of Pedals, I will sell you the Wheel of Pedals shelf. I still have it. <laughs> I will sell it to you for double the cost of shipping. How about that? Double the cost of shipping. Yeah. That's a good chunk. Does that sound fair? No. I mean, it's just a shelf. You can make your own. That's true. (laughs) Um, I I like the prop idea. I like when it's consistent and it's not like too goofy. I don't like... I'm not going to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Why won't you talk about it, Steve? I don't like the idea of using people as props because usually it's like just always women being used as props to the extent that like... Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. So, you know, I I didn't want to talk about it. I'm not as a main topic at least, but like uh, Sexy stuff. somebody posted or Kyle Smith actually posted some photos in the group of like, I can't believe people are still doing this. And they're just like, they kind of seem cringy. Like this is those even- photos were stupid because they don't even meet. They don't make any sense. It was like someone's girlfriend or wife or sister. Who knows? Like just a shot of her legs. Like yeah. on the couch. It was like legs and like torso up to about like right here. Yeah, maybe. yeah. It's like side torso with like the guy holding a guitar neck. No, the uh, neck's just like laying down freely. No, I'm pretty sure it's being you held You think it's up. held? Like it's held out like this? Yeah, exactly. So it's just weird. To like, like obscure her bikini bottom or her underwear or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and I think the, I almost felt like the obscuring was unintentional. Like it didn't even seem like it was that well put together. Point being... um, I think it when, didn't feel sexy. I think when the props are like clever you, and I think when the props are funny, like they become memorable and you think, Oh, that guy's got a sense of humor. I want to meet him. I don't, I I mean, I guess the people exist who do see, you want to meet the guy who's got the uh, anatomical cadaver with the mask on it. He seems like he, he seems like a guy. He's I'd probably like, fun. He seems like a guy I'd like now. If like, it was drink like margaritas with now, if it was photographed with like a pile of creepy porcelain dolls, do you want to meet that guy? I don't want that one because those creepy porcelain dolls might have been uh, haunted, haunted, and now the guitar's haunted. Haunted doll watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, like here, here's here's me saying something that probably going to rub our more woke listeners the wrong way. If you're going to do a sexy ad, if you're going to lean into sex cells and that's your thing, better make sure it's actually sexy because those, those ads that we're talking about with the legs being obscured by the guitar neck, they weren't actually sexy, right? They were just uncomfortable and weird. Like if you're going to sell with sex, like, make sure it's sexy. Is well, what I'm and I think that's the problem is I think a lot of people, 
They assume nudity God, is just w- instantly. I didn't want to talk about this, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah. There's an assumption that like, oh, a person like uh, the female figure in a in a bikini is automatically sexy. So they just have like just again, showing skin. like a random picture of some girl in like a, a bikini holding a guitar. Like there's nothing about that. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the attractiveness of the model. I'm talking no, about, neither am I. I'm talking about composition. No, I'm that, talking about lighting. So, I'm talking about the pose. So of, the thing that's horrible about this, I'm talking about the intention. The thing, the thing the that's eyes. a nightmare about this is it's almost like we're justifying the Guitar World's Buyer's Guide, <laughs> which thankfully doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. Um, but but I understand. At least they made it sexy. <laughs> No, but like they at least they did that. It wasn't just like slap a nude girl in there, like who cares about the pose or the lighting or the composition. They had real photographers doing real work with real models doing work. You know what I find sexy, Ryan? I think Pam's art is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna do that, commit to it. Right. Well uh, the thing is, is it actually like requires <laughs> Some kind of artistry. Some kind of talent to do that. Yes. On both sides. On both sides. Like both from the from the photographer and from the the, from the person who is posing. In the uh, media production industry, you would call the person in shot the the talent. talent. Um and then the person behind the camera, the cameraman, I suppose, or the producer. Mm -hmm. Um But yeah, I'm just saying like amateur stuff rarely ever. Like hits that hits that mark. You know what props I want? Cats, cats, cats and dogs, dude. Cats and dogs and cats and dogs and cats tell, and dogs. I traveled a lot recently. I yeah. went through TSA a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now. You want to get through TSA lickety split? Cute dog. I saw a cute dog and like carry a cute and dog the, and the owner get through easier than i've seen anyone ever get through tsa in my entire life like the the initial like tsa agent that like checks your uh your ticket and your id mm-hmm. saw the dog coming and he was checking my id he looked up saw the dog and his whole face just went like oh oh wow 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 there's when a we get to this boy. part you need to like zoom in like you need to just oh. it, your face right here that face you just like, made for like, all Measure of professionalism was out the window the moment he saw that doggo <laughs> come down the road. I don't remember. Oh, we're saying use pets and ads. Yeah, yeah, pets and ads. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think. I think. So I usually just put stuff either on my carpet or on my or on the By ottoman. His carpet. He means his bush. <laughs> <laughs> Steve's Steve's I, fluffy mouth. I, I try to keep that. I try to keep. <laughs> I try to keep the composition sexy, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! See why? Are, why is it, so? Okay, so we're talking about the guy laying out a neck, right? On yeah. on a on, and he's like, you know, oh, it's covering like the woman, where the woman's bikini is, and was it intentional? Was it not? But I want to see the guy who sells a guitar neck. And the photo's just like this. <laughs> no, but it's the neck. Here's my here's my challenge. Here's my challenge. Are you offering a challenge to you you uh, you home resellers out there? You people making these sexy photos or trying to make sexy photos in your in your ads and whatnot. Um, 
don't start with the legs. Don't start with the genitals or the, or the tingly bits or whatever you want to call them. Don't start with the boobs. Make a sexy photo with like, this is a photography challenge. This is like what a college. Okay. We got a sound effect uh, that startled me. Uh, This is like a photography teacher photo challenge. Make a sexy image. That's just face and hands and the guitar. Like you get mm-hmm. a model that can like hold the guitar. You're seeing face and hands predominantly. And the intention is there in the eyes. That's where the sexuality is in the face. And just like you can read like this person's trying to seduce me while holding a guitar. That's the sexy photo I want to see on eBay or reverb. Like I want you to get like this old school, like eighties supermodel thing going on. Like, but it's all like, like here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the guitar. What do you, you see the way I'm looking at you. So you come and get this guitar, you know? Okay. Like maybe a little bit of like the, like the lip bite, (laughs) that sexy lip bite. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying ditch the legs, ditch, ditch the torso. Like so many of these photos, like ditch the head. I'm saying bring the head back. I'm talking sexy heads in ads 2019. That's a long hashtag. (laughs) And I'm not talking about dick parts here. I'm talking about sexy faces, sexy faces in ads with hands. 2019 do this with a guitar. It's so large. Oh, like that. Oh yeah, that could work. Like do the little headrest there. Like, all right. All right. Like just it's all about intention. You almost cracked Se- me in the head with that. Sexiness thing comes from intention. Yeah. Like just like uh, bite the lip That's, and look dude, at it. You know. Yeah. Mm. Apparently, I don't. F- so I we can now confirm really that Ryan's children mm. were both produced on single attempts, and those were the only two times he's ever had sex. Oh, it's in the dark. <laughs> we turn. We turn. The, we turn the lights off. <laughs> Black, blackout blinds. <laughs> All right, did we, did we do it? Oh, we got one more ad. Yeah, actually, first we got some housekeeping. I want to thank uh, Will Wright for supporting the show at the Inner Circle level. Uh, if you want to help uh, contribute to the production of this show and maybe get a little bit behind the scenes, you can contribute at the Inner Circle level. It's just $10 a month. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast. Um, but if you want to support at other levels, $1, $5, thousand dollars or whatever like we don't care that's yeah. cool like we we, we welcome all we're completely we apathetic all to, supporters we're completely apathetic to someone pledging a thousand dollars it wouldn't even phase us be like all right cool yeah this is what i expect awesome. on a tuesday yeah. <laughs> um so yeah um thank thanks will write um also i think i sent you an email so maybe you should reply to it so i can add you to the inner circle group maybe if you yeah. want i don't know it's up to you maybe you don't do facebook and and that's problematic but i could possibly send you a shirt if i have your size in stock you know what i don't think i've sent you an email yet i'm thinking of other people sorry will you know what? when you pledge to this show your money makes this show better for you give yourself a present make the show better you already like it imagine how much better it could be all right, whatever. Uh, this last ad was uh, sent <laughs> that was a by pitch, Ryan. Whatever. That was a perfect pitch. This is in Escondido, California. Um, and this is a custom-built reverse explorer-style electric guitar. It's being sold by Jim. 
Uh, and Good it's, old uh, do you use Nextdoor or not Nextdoor? This is OfferUp, right? I found this. I found this. I know. On, That's why I'm asking. Do you use OfferUp? Every now and then I cruise it. Okay. Like late at night. I'm like, let's see what's on OfferUp. I feel like Craigslist is dying a little bit. Yeah. It's stuff is moving to OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace. I don't want to buy and sell off of Marketplace, but OfferUp might. OfferUp seems like it's got good activity on it. So I've been watching that. There's a uh, there's a Squire uh, base V base uh, six on there. Oh. I always emphasize the V in my mind, but it's got that I after yeah. it too. <laughs> there's a Squire base six on there that I was looking at it a little harder than I should have. Ooh. I'm not going to buy it, but I was looking. All at right, it. only been played by Builder, twenty five point five inch scale, <laughs> twin lace humbucker pickups, Les Paul configuration, punk rock skater burned on lower belt. Orange, when you when you Orange buy- County orange is the color. What's the maximum amount of players you're acceptable you're you're willing to accept has played a guitar if you're going to buy um, it? Um, you know, Ryan, I don't really know the answer to that because it's a poorly um, worded question. Despite the many accusations, I am not a player. Mm. You just, just you just crush a I lot. Just crush a lot. I I just feel like the line like only played by one person. Like, who cares? Like literally, yeah. well, who cares? Especially because this is like a custom, like you know, Cu- it's custom, a custom build, um, whatever. Um, so that even makes it a little stranger because it's like you know, it's not like this thing's been around. It's different when you know, um, when somebody's selling like, uh, you know, a nineteen seventies Ibanez or whatever, or a nineteen sixties Strat, and they're like, I'm the original owner. So, yeah. so the entire history of that instrument is going to be known on something like this where, um, oh, I mean, they're asking $400. I mean, first of real. all, the body shape is crazy. Let's reverse explore. It's not the craziest thing we've ever seen, but it's not really a reverse explorer. I, have you ever seen this body shape? It's, it's like it's in that direction of an explorer, but it's not. Oh, it, it's funny to me the stuff that I visually catch that Steve actually has to look at it. Well, I don't like... in a very early episode of this podcast. I revealed to Steve that SGs are asymmetrical. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is honestly more. I, I'm willing to forgive you more on that than this monstrosity here. Like, there's things he could have done to bring it more in the direction of a true explorer shape. I feel like this is a shape, though. Like somebody makes this. Well, yeah, it's a shape. There's I'm saying somebody makes this shape in in a guitar in a, like the other direction. No, you don't think so. <laughs> no, you don't think anybody well, flip, makes this. You flip this over and it ruins your fret access. That's the big. That's one of the big parts. Oh yeah. One of the big parts is that the top horn, that which would normally be the the bottom horn on an Explorer, right. is way too wide. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be, yeah, at all. Like you flip an explorer over, a real explorer body, and it still works as like a playable guitar. Yeah, the tail end of it is like not flared out enough, and the waist of it isn't tight enough. Right. And then the top horn just like just... suffers from all those things connecting to it. Well, for what it's worth, it does not say reverse explorer it says reverse explorer style right in the style yeah uh this neck is a neck i have no idea the maker model of that neck i'm betting kit guitar it's some kind of kit neck yeah or like it's almost the ibanez shape but not really 
what this reminds me of is like it's a spiritual brother to the Dan Electro Pro. Oh, maybe that's what I'm seeing then. It's, got, it's like a more it's like a modern metal version of the Dan Electro Pro. It's like if the pit guard from the Pro like morphed with an explorer and became a different guitar. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's it's just got this weird like boxy uh like retro fifties countertop mm-hmm. shape thing going on, you know, random angles and, and, uh, points and stuff like that. I'm going to, I I mean, I think, I, I think it's an interesting try from a home builder that they actually built their own body. They had to have built their own body, right? I would, that, I mean, I definitely had the impression they didn't buy this body. The control plate on the back is so huge and gets so sloppy close to the edge. What is going on there? Why does he need so much space for the control plate? You're so worried it about this. It is huge. It's like a dinner plate back there. And then well, the you actual know what's under there. The actual four knob controls don't take up that much space and they're drilled crooked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely some some oddity here. <laughs> oh man. There's just so much to see in this guitar. Like I keep absorbing like a new thing. And then the skater die skull graphic is I'm almost in love with it. Like it's so charming in like 1980s, like, like a, a notebook, like teenager drawing, you know? Right. I almost wonder if, no, I don't think if someone built this in the eighties, I think they built this. No, I think this was built like 2003. Uh, I've mm, let's look at that punk rock drawing again. I don't think you can judge the age of it off of the punk rock drawing. I mean, all like all of the hardware on it looks really clean, right? But I don't think this is a usable guitar. I don't think it gets played. Oh, okay, <laughs> I would be really surprised if this thing plays well at all. Because it's just like that neck looks like it's the worst kind of cheap kit neck. Yeah. And then, I don't know, man. There's just something about this does not read as a guitar that's been played at all. Someone had a project. They tried their best. (laughs) You tried your best. And here it is. Sucks to suck. Maybe it's awesome. Maybe this is an awesome guitar. I just, I don't see it. I do kind of like... I do kind of have a little bit of a thing for the body though, even though I was trashing on it. If it was done as a good guitar. Right. I'd, I'd play it. <laughs> I think there's, I think there's even things you could do. I just spent like 20 minutes trashing on the body and now I'm like, yeah, I'd play it. I think there's things you could do to this body that would make it a lot more palatable. Uh huh. I think, you know, different knobs would go a long way. Yeah, the knobs are sucky and they need to be spread out more. Well, that you can't do anything about though because it's already drilled. Yeah, I mean you could put a pit guard over the front or something. Like yeah, that. it'd be a giant pit guard. I'd probably just fill those holes in or something. I don't know. I'd recut this shape. I wouldn't use this body. I would recut this shape mm-hmm. and start over and just tweak a few things, but carry on in the same style. Yeah, you know. I want to see this shape as a guitar body, the Miller High Life logo. I'm pretty sure it's been made into a guitar. Probably. Maybe not the High Life logo specifically. That's a good guitar shape right there. 
Champagne of beers is what it is. Where, where would you put the neck like off of the one of the points? No, I'd go straight down the middle. I'm yeah. pretty sure that I feel like that exists. Probably. It's probably not this logo where it's rounded. It's probably the other Miller logo where it's like more of a sharp bow tie. Yeah. You ready to get out of here, bro? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This song was sent in by Michael uh, Michael Holyfield. That is his name. Holyfield? Holy, I don't sure. Know. Close enough. He says, uh, this song is called When You Rise. I recorded this with my friend Luke. We call our project Mink River. Uh, I wrote this one, played guitar and sang. We're a brand new project, so we're begging for all the Facebook likes. Played a Godin Dorchester through a Fairfield circuitry, the accountant compressor, and a Mr. Black Supermoon reverb into a 1967 Ampeg jet. Luke played his player series Fender Telecaster into a Yamaha THR10. Again, this song is called When You Rise. Uh, check out the links to Mink River uh, down below. And thanks for listening. Uh, Stay grounded. There you go. Bye, everybody. Bye.
to my 